I want to welcome you to All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church. Whatever your age, race, nationality, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, political persuasion, or background, you are welcome here. We, <laughs> thank you. We are an intentionally diverse community united not by a uniform creed or required belief, but by our covenant, the promises we make to each other to support each other on our individual spiritual journeys and to stand with one another united to work for a better world. Our views of God or good in this world are as varied as we are, but we share a conviction that its power comes into the world through our own hands. Our views of the life beyond this one are also quite diverse, but we're united in our quest to create the best possible life for all humanity in this world. Our minister is the Reverend Barbara Gerald. She is out of town on family business this weekend, but you are invited to come back next week to hear her. Uh, actually, you're invited to come back next week to hear a lot of people. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, membership in this church is open to all who can affirm and promote the principles of Unitarian Universalism, who are willing to give to the extent that they are able of their time, talent, and treasure for the sustenance of this community. If you're visiting for the first time, we ask that you fill out one of the blue cards in the pew pocket in front of you. Um, this will not obligate you to us, nor bring on a slew of unwanted communication. We would just like to know that you were here and how you found us. And for wanted communication, please indicate on, on the blue card if you would like a call from the minister or from me or um, from, from our membership chair, Ron Thurston, who, who you'll hear from in just a minute, um, or any of us, really. We'll all be glad to talk to you. Um, well, some of us will be happy to text or email with you, and, but, but at any rate, um, we invite you to join us afterwards for coffee and snacks after the service, and today we do have a monthly newcomer information session. We have one of those as it happens today, and as I said, our membership chair, Ron Thurston, is here to tell us more about that. We do have an information session today. We have these, like Susan said, monthly. Um, the purpose of the information sessions is to be explicitly clear about what this church is all about, where we came from, what we're doing, where we hope, what we hope to do as we move along. And so you can have the information that you need to make an informed choice as to how this church, how All Souls feels to you as being your spiritual home. So that being said... The information session will be held about 12 o'clock in the high schoolers' religious education classroom, third door down on your right, clearly marked on the door, comfortable seating inside. We'll watch a great DVD from our denominational headquarters in Boston, spotlighting different congregations across the country and our principals, so you'll get a bigger outside of 9449 LB Road view of what we're all about. Uh, all are invited to attend. We'll do our very best to answer your questions, uh, share personal spiritual growth stories as you're comfortable, and the meeting is certainly open to all. So if you have any questions about that, please see me at any time. Thank you. And also we do have one, our biggest fundraiser of the year is coming up on October 26th, and our um, chair of our silent auction and gala is here, uh, Melissa Gibson. Good morning. 
Um, there's an insert in your orders of service that tells you about the gala. It's October 26th. It's going to be here. Um, it's $20, and you get your dinner and live music from Professor Porkchop and the Dirty Dishes, um, as well as a cash bar that my husband will be uh, your entertainment there. And we're going to have a photo booth, and there's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. We have lots of artwork that we're going to have for sale, um, as well as a lot of more practical items: yogurt maker, crockpots. Um, but a lot of artwork, so there should be some good stuff to see and definitely some good stuff to bid on. Um, a lot of handmade items that were made by your fellow members and stuff, so definitely come out for it. Um, Kathy and I are set up at a little table out there that you're welcome to stop by and make your reservations. If you have your little card, we'll take that. If you don't, I will write your names down and I will still take your money. So come see us out in the foyer, October 26th. Thank you. Um, I also want to mention one other event, the Taste of Interfaith, which is Interfaith's biggest fundraiser of the year, will be um, uh, the, the week after that on Sunday, November 3rd. It's, it'll be at Evergreen Baptist Church, and that is from 4 to 7 that evening. It's a great afternoon. You get to hear a lot of choirs and soloists and great music from the different congregations. And there's a lot of wonderful food. A lot of people bring food to kind of represent either their national culture or their congregational culture. We always have Richard's lavender cookies to represent our congregational culture. And coffee, you know, for Unitarian Universalism. But, um, but anyway, it's, it's a wonderful afternoon. And so the tickets for that are $20 a piece or if you love to purchase a table for eight for 160 we would be happy to let you do that um, also interfaith has a collective leadership meeting this week here at all souls we'll be in the social hall um, kind of continuing our focus on the issues we've been working on um, payday lending education um, the high incarceration rate in louisiana um, help me out you guys <laughs> anyway we're we're working on several issues both locally and across the state. So um, please feel free to join us Thursday evening. And that's at 7 o'clock. And definitely join us November 3rd at Evergreen. Um, I wanted to tell you briefly, too, and I don't know if they made it back out after the wedding. We did have a big wedding, as you might have noticed, the tent out back. But these blue handouts that have been in the foyer, and after church I'll see that, that we get some out, they're about um, the Affordable Care Act and how to navigate the exchanges. And so if you're concerned about that or you know some people that need more information about that, please feel free uh, to pick those up. Francis Kelly from Louisiana Progress brought those to us. Now, uh, if you'll turn off or silence your cell phones, kind of let go of that electronic tether and just be here. In 1637, the colonists settling the town of Dedham, Massachusetts, did not know each other. Unlike other colonies populated by people who had come from the same village in England, the people of Dedham were from different places in their homeland. The first task of settling the town centered on survival, the building of houses, the unpacking and building of furniture, the storing of food, the hunting of game, and the planting of crops. 
When these initial necessities were accomplished, the people set about to build a church. Theologically, they were very similar. They were people of the book, all of them, and most of them Calvinist Protestants. The Dedham Church would not become Unitarian for another 180 years. And yet, they did not begin this journey by talking about the Bible or by talking about their beliefs. Indeed, they set up a series of weekly neighborhood meetings. Quote, lovingly to discourse and consult together and prepare for spiritual communion in a church society that we might be further acquainted with the spiritual tempers and gifts of one another. Meetings were held weekly in different houses and anyone in town was welcome to attend. They had what a community organizer might call house meetings. They had what we might call small group ministry, covenant groups, building relationships first and foremost. They talked in those early meetings not about religious matters, but again, quoting um, their writings, questions as pertain to the just, peaceable, and comfortable proceeding in a civil society. It was only after a number of these meetings that they began to inch toward the founding of a church. They asked themselves the question of whether or not they might be qualified to assemble together and confer. And ultimately, they concluded again quoting, in the judgment of charity, they were centering all decisions and discussions in the spirit of love, they could indeed be a religious community. They were a people of covenant, determined that all voices shall be heard, and it is out of that tradition that the free church grew. Long before the words of our fifth principle were set down, these people knew the importance of the use of the democratic process within the church and within the society at large. And long before that, our forerunners in Europe and England had risked reputation, livelihood, often life itself, for the right of conscience. And so today we honor them by living fully into this tension of the absolute right of conscience, the right of each individual to determine his or her own spiritual path and walk it with integrity, and the use of the democratic process, the right of the community to determine its common destiny to serve the highest good of all and move forward in that direction. It's messy, this tension. It's not always a linear path. I think we've seen that here any number of times. But in the words of Hosea Ballou, one of the brighter lights along our universalist path, if we agree in love, there is no disagreement that can do us any injury. But if we do not, no other agreement can do us any good. Let us endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. Well, now I light our chalice. I'd like our bolts and our pre-K, K-1 kids to come up. We light this chalice to celebrate Unitarian Universalism. This is the church of the open mind. This is the church of the helping hands. This is the church of the loving heart. Thank you.
this morning, and every time we are together, we celebrate our first principle, the covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. This morning, and every time we are together, We're sorry, we had a wedding party at Bees, our candle lighter, last night. It's, it's not doing as well as usual. This morning, and every time we are together, we celebrate our first source, direct experience of, the, of that transcending mystery and wonder, affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. In this season of our church year, as we celebrate a voice, a vote, a, vaca- a vocation, we celebrate of our fourth, a fifth principle. The right of conscience in the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. If you'll rise in body or spirit and join us in the unison affirmation, it's printed in your order of service. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the sacred. Thus do we covenant with each other. Our opening hymn is This Little Light of Mine, which is number 118 if you need your hymnal.
Thanks, Bob. I'm always so thankful when Bob will come and play when it's my service because it doesn't have to feel like the Susan show, you know. <laughs> I want to tell you a story that comes from the Lakota, but I need some help. First of all, I need someone who can call like a crow. Call, call. Do I have somebody who can do that? Preferably a, a young person. Or, and then we can have more than one. We can have a little crow team, team crow. Come on, come on, Cooper. Want to be team crow? Okay, I once lived in a place where there were peacocks, and so my eagle may sound a little like a peacock, but we're going to go with it. So you have to listen for your part, and then kind of watch me, because I'll, I'll do this when I need you to, to stop, right? So this story was given to the Lakota people many winters ago. When it was time for all the young mothers in the village to go and gather the fruit and berries, the old grandmothers were given the honor of watching the children. And the children needed to sleep during this time because you know why you need to sleep? It's good for you, but you know why else? Because in your dreams you collect visions and knowledge and you need that time, you need that dreaming time. Have you ever seen a dream catcher? That was placed over the, over the beds of the children to help them, excuse me, to help them not do that, to help them catch the dreams and visions that would come to them. And so one day while the children were sleeping and the wisest grandmother was there watching them, there was a very loud crow outside. Oh, he was louder than that. He was much louder than that. Yes. Awesome. And there was a very loud magpie. <laughs> a very loud magpie. <laughs> Your part will come in a minute. And they were both speaking at once, so they couldn't hear each other's point of view. Crows? Do it too. And one of the grandmothers went to quiet the voices outside so they would not wake the children. She tried to scare them away. Shoo, shoo. But they kept on making noise. And then suddenly, Brother Eagle heard the noise from a distance. And grandmother heard his voice as he came swooping in. Ha <laughs> ha!
<laughs> and grandmother said, Brother Eagle, can you chase off these two noisy ones so our children can dream? And so, with a mighty flap of his wings, Eagle went to chase off the noisy pair. But they were so busy fighting that one of their feathers hit the eagle's wing and he lost one of his feathers. It's a terrible dishonor even to touch an eagle, much less knock off one of his feathers. going to help us again to sing our song? Okay. Mr. Bob's going to help us. Okay, then this comes from a children's song called the Barnyard Song. Right. I haven't heard the bird be speaking, and I've heard of the young and the bird. Except that we are going to sing. I went to church, my church pleased me. Maybe that would be a good one. 
I know that a couple of the kids in, in Lulu's class are, are sick this morning, so we're happy that she is here. Middle school and high school, are y'all ready? Good morning, I'm Tamala Allen. John Ratcliffe and I had the pleasure of teaching the Unitarian Universalist Identity Pillar to the middle and high school uh, students. And what we did, one of the things we did in the past nine weeks was try to come up with an elevator speech. And in doing so, we endeavored to separate our own individual beliefs from sort of a belief summary that we could say that would represent the views of our entire church. And we found that we were a very diverse group. And what we came up with was the one thing that we could agree unites us all. So see if it sounds familiar to you. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. A free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregation and in society at large. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Justice, equality, and compassion in relations. The inherent worth and dignity of every person. Respect for the interdependent well of all existence of which we these are the principles of Unitarian Universalism, and we decided these are the things that unite and bond us together. I'll have the choir come on up.
we've had an adult religious education class going on also, and I asked the adults if any of them might be um, adventurous enough to give us an elevator speech, and one brave soul came forward, and that is Ron Thurston. So I'd like him to come up now. Well, if I'm confronted with um, someone asking me, what in the world is Unitarian Universalist all about? I would respond, it's about you. No one in the world knows more of what you need, what you want, how you can grow, and what you can do with your life than you. Unitarian Universalism gives you that freedom to pick your path, pick, decide on your theology, decide on your beliefs, pulling from the principles that you saw presented for you today, drawing from our sources of the greatest religions of the world, and uh, uh, great people that have come before us and our tradition and pull that together into something that works for you. Then you can carry that forward. You can grow with that. We support you. We give you uh, all the information that, or hopefully, inspire you to move forward with that. And you can go out into the wider community and put that work to work. Thank you so much. Nice, Ron. Thank you. It had history. It had individual. It had community. It, it, it makes me happy. Will you join me in a spirit of contemplation and prayer? Source and spirit of all life, highest and best in all of us, we seek to create and to dwell in beloved community with highest regard for the conscience of the individual and deepest respect for the covenant that holds all of these individuals together. May we listen with care and attention, hearing each voice. And may we experience a quiet stillness as we sit with the words each has spoken. May we speak always from that place of listening and compassion, whether in complete agreement or sharp conflict, whether in words of comfort or in words that may speak uncomfortable truths. May we speak always knowing that our words land safely. In our hearts, we carry these intentions into the silence.
So we're focusing this season on the fifth principle, but the pillar we are finishing, Unitarian Universalist Identity, focused on all seven of our principles, as you've heard previously from the middle and high schoolers. So closely related to that fifth principle, the idea that all voices should be heard and that good old imperfect democracy is the best way to assure that, is the sixth principle, which is the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Or in the children's wording, the principle says we should work to build a more peaceful, fair, and free world. And one way the world would be more peaceful, fair, and free is if we could find a way to share the abundant resources of our planet for the greater good. And in order to work toward that goal, we need some understanding of the way resources are distributed in the world today. So I'm going to bring up Eric first and the second through fifth graders, and they're going to tell you a little about that. So we're going to be distributing the world's resources in cookies. <clears throat> Ten people get three and three quarters cookies. Some of these may contain nuts. <laughs> yes, not all the resources are good for everybody, too. You're part of choir. Huh? You're part of choir. Oh, okay, thank you. 30 people get a third of a cookie. Take it that way. <laughs> and ten people get a tenth of a cookie. If there are more than 50 people in the congregation, then sorry. <laughs> Which is another lesson about our resources. Yeah. So what can we do to make it right? 
I'm thinking service will, service will be over in just a few minutes, and I'm thinking maybe some of you that received your abundance, like the choir, for instance, <laughs> might, might look around and see if you might be able to share. We do what we can to alleviate this injustice. <laughs> which is yet another lesson in the world's resources I don't know if everybody heard what he said he said are those of us with very few cookies could team up and take them from the ones sadly yes that, that, that could be the result um, so as Unitarian Universalists we do what we can to alleviate this injustice we give to the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee that will be happening in a few weeks we'll be doing guests at your table to help people around the world have access to food and clean water. We give to our local food bank. We just did that a little while ago. We help to host the Highland Dinner so that poor working families who are food insecure can have at least one good nutritious meal in the week. We work with Interfaith and other groups to try and gain equal access for all to health care, to decent housing and education, to the rights that marriage should afford to all families and to all the legal protections that ought to be guaranteed in a free society. We do this out of respect for the integrity of the individual and the solidarity of the group, neither of which is whole without the other. <laughs>